Thank you for joining me in our continued study of Get Wisdom. Don't forget, you can purchase your own copy of Get Wisdom on Ron's website. It's getwisdom.us. That's getwisdom.us. And um, I, would invite, I would advise you to get it. It's good to have. Uh, it's a lot of things here. We're, we're going through about 400 and something pages of uh, Get Wisdom. So there's a lot to study. And it would, be, would benefit you to have the uh, copy of the book in your library so you can, uh, you can look. This is a, um, a downloadable version. If you want to print it, go ahead. It'll take you a whole ream of paper, <laughs> but at least you'd have it there. But you can load it onto your phone or load it onto your computer. Uh, definitely uh, something worthwhile having and to continue to look at. All right, but thank you again for joining me. Uh, this is the fourth part of the introduction. We're still on the introduction. Uh, we're not going to be able to get through it all today, but we will be able to, uh, hopefully we'll finish it next week because the, there is a lot of material to cover and I want to make sure that you all benefit from it and uh, definitely uh, definitely tune in to uh and don't forget to like and share and to subscribe and all that good stuff so you can follow along with me. Okay, so um, in Get Wisdom, um, the goal of Get Wisdom is to present a uh, biblical, or the purpose of Get Wisdom is, is this. Our goal is to present a biblical vision for the way we ought to live in Christ. We desire to demonstrate that the Christian life is comprehensive of all human activity belonging to God above all, and that all things possess a gospel purpose. Then we wish to help the devoted learner develop the tools to support a fulfillment of that vision personally and in greater society. Uh, the study, frankly, proposes to plant a seed for the remaking of contemporary American society into its biblical image with the assistance of historical Christianity. This is the proper ground for our worldwide Great Commission responsibility. No, the Christian should not become a zealous community activist, revolutionary, or usurper. Neither should we desire to start another political movement. Far from it. Jesus Christ simply does not work in these ways. Neither do we propose to return to all the ways of the 17th or 18th century. Rather, we look at our, pilgrims, our pilgrim forefathers' example of building new institutions within the spheres of authority the Lord has already granted. <clears throat> if, we, if we will humbly, upon a repentant heart, serve the Lord in every area of life, the Lord will go before us, providing the power to build anew on the old. True foundations... Uh, excuse me, uh, I just got a hell of myself. The, 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 uh, the Lord will go before us, providing the power to build anew on the old true foundations. History suggests that the pilgrim's tiny but powerful legacy became the foundation of America's greatest institutions, the family, the church, the school, and civil government. Just so in our generation, God's ways will grow organically among us as Christ prospers his work through the, those individuals who belong to him. Too many Christians today are trying to take over. 
if you watch my podcasts on Dominion Theology Kingdom Now, the thought is that we as Christians need to take over several areas of the world so that we can usher in the return of Christ. And that's not so. If we use wisdom in every area of our, of our life, we will, we will be better equipped to share the gospel and to teach others about the Lord. Remember, the Great Commission tells us, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is our Great Commission. We need to go and reach others for Christ. God requires true and rigorous discipline because every Christian is called to produce works, Ephesians 2.10, to make his own contribution to the kingdom of God. Our purpose then is to quicken Christians willingly, eagerly, and routinely to seek out God's view on specific subjects and issues that we might learn purposely. Now, <clears throat> this is something that I've tried to point out. And one of the methods, of, one of the things of my program, excuse me. Of course, I always get a tickle in my throat when I'm trying to talk. Um, and what uh, Ron says here on page 35 of the, of the uh, book is our purpose then is to quicken Christians willingly, eagerly, and routinely to seek out God's view on specific subjects and on specific subjects and issues that we might learn purposely. We need to learn what God's view is on many things that are happening in the world today. We need to learn what, what is God's view on uh, politics? What is God's view on abortion? What is God's view on, on education? What is God's view on on, uh, on, uh, on uh, um, uh, anything you name, anything that, that's out there in the world today that is, uh, um, that in any subject or issue, what is God's view on that? And we as Christians should know that, and we need, we need to learn about that with a purpose, purposely. We need to know. Having godly conviction and repentance and learn of the Lord and his wisdom, that's what we need to do. And how many, how many times, how many times have we refused to learn and the Lord had to force us into a situation to learn or accept his will for our lives? You know, must we be like Jonah who ran from God because he didn't want to do the task that God assigned him to do? So that God prepared a great fish to swallow him and entomb him for three days until Jonah repented. Then being vomited out of the fish's stomach unto dry land. Yuck. So can you imagine? No, we're not, we shouldn't be like Jonah. We should, in fact, his is, a, his is an example of following the call of God and, learn, and following what God has, lend, learned, has demanded that we do to get out there and to minister to those who are lost. And not only that, but to, Im, Im, um, to uh, discover the Word of God and discover the truth of God's Word, rather, in, in every subject and issue in our lives. So no, we're not to be like that. We need to learn, uh, we need to learn that, that uh, to follow what God says and to obey that command all right, so if Jesus, you know, if the, the two greatest commandments Jesus told us 
is to uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And these things, uh, he said, these on these two rest all of the law and the commandments. So God wants us to think of others as we think of ourselves. And unfortunately, the church today has gotten into a, uh, a teaching where it's all about us and not about others. And uh, we learn the benefit of of um, we learn the benefit of uh, of uh, um, we we seek to learn the benefit without studying the Word of God. We they, they, we're taught about self, 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 and in fact, they use that verse to love others as yourself. See, so you need to love yourself. Well, we need to love others as we love ourselves. So would we put ourselves into bad situations? Would we do anything that's, you know, kooky or crazy? No, we shouldn't. Um, we need to study the Word of God. And if we don't study the Word of God, then uh, we don't know. And that's one of the reasons I'm trying to impart to you some spiritual wisdom here and how we are to uh, look into God's Word, to study God's Word, to and not only that, but how to apply God's Word in every area and aspect of our life. Uh, I spoke last week about um, about being a musician and learning and, and learning how to play trumpet and I had to work through going back through the basics and studying things all over again and, 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 and mastering the small things so I can master the bigger things. So that uh, all that is is rather important and we're hopefully through this study, we're going to get there, okay? Uh, but back to what I was saying. So uh, Ron says, we seek to, to, we seek to teach how to apply faith, particularly how to repent and change accordingly when conviction demands so that we might be, more, be the more prepared and ready to serve God well. The appropriate response to his salvation so again, this is this is important. Okay, we to to teach how to apply your faith. So that's important in this study, and uh, repent and change accordingly when conviction demands, so that we might be more prepared and ready to serve God well. The appropriate response to His salvation. So we we do need to learn that. So we're going to take a look now at a biblical philosophy of life and education. Needed, okay. A biblical philosophy of life and education needed, okay. So we need to define before we get into this. We need to define two words that are going to pop up during this next paragraph, <clears throat> so we have a better understanding of what we're reading. And we should be doing this every time that you don't understand something, no matter whether it's in the Bible or not. It's it's good to have, uh, it's good to research the word, write it down, begin to look at it and, and what it under, you know, what does the meaning of the words mean? Uh, I try to get an understanding of the meaning of the words is what I'm trying to say. Okay. So the first thing we're going to look at is the word modernism. Now it means a modern practice, something recently formed, particularly in writing. Okay. The other word that's going to come up is statist. Statist, uh, it's from the word state. It says a statement, a statesman, a politician, or one skilled in government. Okay, so modernism is something that's recently formed, particularly in writing. 
or a modern practice, and statist is a statesman, a politician, or one skilled in government. So with that in mind, we're going to move on to the, to the next part of this. Now, modernism is the mainstream, mainstream system. Modernism in the mainstream stream system puts unnatural limits on the idea of education. And most of us, products of statist schooling, have accepted the stunted view. And that's true. We're, we, we're all subjects of, of uh, political schooling. Uh, have accepted the stunted view. Rather, Christian education is God's purpose for humanity in this life. We ought not to relegate Christian education only to the classroom or confuse mere schooling with true Christian education. Christian education, in the broadest sense, is the process of living to prepare us both for his eternal kingdom and for our gospel contribution on the earth. True education prepares for skilled action as we apply ourselves to the skills of this life. God reciprocally also uses our experiences to prepare us with character and wisdom for his eternal kingdom. Uh, one of the greatest self-imposed dangers for the Christian occurs when he presumes he already sufficiently knows anything without exercising faith to learn God's view in Scripture. Paul said, we know nothing if we think we know anything as we ought, 1 Corinthians 8, 2. We will never arrive, and so learning must be a way of life toward fulfilling our individual callings. Here we make the biblical claim that God's ways, those he wishes to reveal to us, may be found and must be found out and exercised when he has put away put any hands as a stewardship put our, any particular excuse me i have to go back i'm skipping lines here um so he wishes to reveal to us what he wishes to reveal to us may be found out and must be found out in and exercised when he has put any particular activity into our hands as a stewardship. And that's, you can find that through Proverbs 1 and 2. All right, so uh, just a little comment on these. Um, and yeah, I have seen this so many times in that uh, people are saying, oh yeah, well, I, I, I know the word of God, but you're not applying it. Or, you know, you can't sufficiently know anything without exercising faith to learn God's view in Scripture. You could say, well, I understand all about this particular subject. <clears throat> but Paul says we know nothing. Uh, let me find that in uh, just 1 Corinthians. Now, I normally run reads out of the New King James. I don't happen to have one handy with me. I'm using my uh, NIV 1984 version, Ron, in case you're listening. So this is more attuned to the uh, to today, but it says the man who thinks he knows something does not yet know as he ought to know. So yeah, we are um, we think that we know, but we don't, and so our learning again must be a way of life towards fulfill, fulfilling of our individual callings, and that's true with whatever we do. You know, so here he says we make the biblical claim that God's ways. To those uh, that claim that God's ways, those who wish he wished to reveal to us, may be found out. So we need to find those things out. Uh, so do we assume that <clears throat> we can be a fine writer, accountant, or engineer without a fine education? 
Can we become an accomplished musician or an athlete without thorough training? How can we expect to be good at marriage, at child-rearing, at church membership or leadership, at working or with managing people or exercising civic duty or any other activity, doing justice to God's will in that activity without a fine education and training in it? How are we supposed to know that? In other words, fine Christian education ought to be the universal and ongoing among the faithful. And uh, if education ought to be universal, and if Christian education ought to be biblical, then we need a sound underlying philosophy to set us thinking in a right way so that we, so that we may do what is right and so that we may be corrected when we do wrong. Wrong, that is unbiblical. Ideas will yield wrong results. They will produce evil, damaging or painful results. Unfortunately, the pain of wrong results makes up the bulk of the content of human history. Nevertheless, it glorifies God immensely when his children repent and become successful by faith. May we learn to accept the God's the good Lord's correction, just so we may learn to contribute, however humbly, to his glory. And now I'm thinking about Christian education here and thinking about the importance of um, how we should be biblical, how we need a sound underlying philosophy to set us thinking in a right way so that we may do what's right. Um, uh, May I quote the words of Noah Webster here? Education is useless without the Bible. The Bible was America's basic textbook in all fields. God's Word, contained in the Bible, has furnished all necessary rules to direct or conduct. So here, again, uh, since I've been doing these studies, actually since I met Ron, I have learned important facts about the early founders of this country and how they lived on biblical principles. And they built this country on those principles. They wouldn't think of, of uh, doing anything that, that was outside of the Word of God that, uh, in, in their structure. Now they, yes, did they, excuse me, yes, did they make mistakes? Were they perfect? No, they, they did make mistakes. And no, they, yes, they did make mistakes. And no, they weren't perfect because no man is. However, they strove to, as we discussed uh, in an earlier part of the introduction, that uh, learning about the good things that they did biblically and how they structured the foundation is going to benefit us as we move forward. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And yet today we have the we have the secular mind that's running the running the government and things like this. And and yet and yet uh, when uh, in George Washington's farewell address he said this: "Let us with caution indulge." the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Reason and experience both forbid us to expect that natural morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Now, I wish he wouldn't have used the term religious here, but I understand what he was getting at. So he's saying without religion, uh, reason and experience both forbid us and expect us that that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principle. That was from the, one of the founders of our country, our first president. And, you know, he also said this, it is impossible to rightly govern the nation without God and the Bible. Wow. Okay. It is impossible 
to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible, yet what are we seeing today? We are seeing godlessness throughout the nation. We see uh, the rise of homosexuality. We, we're seeing the rise of, of, um, of uh, secularism. We're seeing the rise of new age within our churches. We are seeing, and why? Because it's infiltrated, okay? A lot of people don't want to talk about Satan, but Satan has worked his way and wormed his way in and has duped people to believe that we can govern a nation without God and the Bible. And yet George Washington warned us, it is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. So whatever your viewpoint is on George Washington, this statement is absolutely correct. So we we do need to um, we do need to if we can't govern a nation without God in the Bible, how are we going to govern our lives without God in the Bible? So and and everything we do, how could you be a good manager without God in the Bible? How could you be a, a you you can't be you can't be a, anything without God in the Bible? I mean, going back to what Ron said before, um, you know. It, you know, we shouldn't think that uh, uh, that uh, that that we can that we can uh, become anything. You know, uh, how are we supposed to think that if we? How could we be a fine writer, accountant, or engineer without a fine education? He said, "Can we become an accomplished musician or athlete without thorough training? How can we expect to be good at marriage or child rearing?" rearing? Or church membership, because we we need to study the Bible and we need to put God in our lives. God needs to be first, and we need to learn more of the Bible and how to apply it to our everyday lives. is very very important. Okay, so um, we're going to go on here to the, I think the last section we're going to get to tonight, and that's going to be applying basic doctrine. Okay, um, this is very important. I mean, how do we apply basic doctrine? Well, there is no pretense here to introduce new revelation. Heaven, for, heaven forbid. And thank you, Ron, for not trying to introduce new revelation. <clears throat> Rather, we will discover how the fundamental doctrines of the faith apply to every area of life. This is an historical approach with the fruit of tremendous liberty and accomplishment to bear it out. If successful, this text will pr provide for the diligent reader a biblically grounded and historic Christian method for taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Text this work. Test this work against the Word of God and see if this claim is not so. All right, so it is important. And I'm glad he said that, that he's not wants to want to introduce new revelation. He's not. He's trying to open our eyes to see if um, to, to, to see that uh, taking the fundamental doctrines of the faith and applying them to every area of life. This is the historical approach, he says. Uh, This is what's important. So again, I stress it again. This text will provide for the diligent reader a biblically grounded and historic Christian method for taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. 
And uh, he says, test this work against the word of God to see if this claim is not so. So I would I would uh, encourage you to go on and to um, order this to order this book and get it on your Kindle uh, or download it on your computer. Getwisdom.us. Getwisdom.us. You can go to Amazon.com. There's a Kindle version for it, and you'll begin to learn um, a lot of things about uh, how to apply the biblical method. Now next week. Uh, next week, we should be able to finish our introduction. There's about four more sections that I think we'll be able to get through them relatively quickly. And we'll be able to um, in, start to uh, dive into the study itself. All of this for the past three, four weeks. So we're going on five weeks of introduction here. <clears throat> this is the fourth one. Next week will be number five, and we should finish. Um uh, is discussing the introduction and what exactly is get wisdom and what does it mean, and uh, I would uh, I would encourage you to uh, to get the book. I would encourage you to tune in. I would encourage you to to send this out, like and share. Uh, you guys are on um, uh, YouTube. Like and share it. Subscribe to the podcast so you'll you won't miss it when we uh, when we put it out. Uh, those of you on Rumble, thank you for listening. Those on uh, Impact Radio USA, thank you for listening as well. We appreciate it. So, um, so we're 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 nearing the end here. I just wanted to say uh, again, thank you so much for for tuning in. I hope this is being a blessing to you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you could reach out to me at the Truth Must Be Told ninety three at gmail dot com. That's the truth must be told 93 at gmail.com. And uh, I will be able to answer your questions and help you out if you have any questions at all, any comments or concerns. Meanwhile, have yourself a great day in the Lord, and we will see you on Saturday. God bless you. We'll see you then. <laughs>